0: If you've ever seen the Scout boats, that brand of boat in particular, oh my god! Like I would—you know how Mike Ryan would make love to a mountain melt. I would stick a body part inside of a Scout boat if it—if it meant producing another Scout boat for me.
1: This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody.
2: I want to get serious here and and, uh, begin this podcast by defending my own honor. Wow. Uh, In last week's podcast, I claimed seven perfect hits in my mock draft, NFL mock draft, and you Mm -hmm. all both implied and pretty much said that I was lying, that I only had six. Yeah. So I want to do a quick parade here. here Number one. Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville. Oh, my God. Zagacto. I don't,
3: I don't want you going through all of these. All right? We get it. You had seven.
2: Like <laughs> you. There's only seven. It's my podcast. Number two, Zach Wilson <laughs> to New York Jets. Zagacto. Number three, really? Kyle Pitts to Atlanta. Zagacto. Really went Zag- on a limb with those three. Number four, Rashawn Slater to LA Chargers. Zagacto. Number five, Christian Darasaw to Minnesota, Zagacto. Number six, Najee <laughs> Harris to Pittsburgh, Zagacto. And number seven, I love this one because Kuiper and uh, and what's his name? Uh, who's the other guy?
3: <laughs> McShay.
2: McShay because he kicked he Uh Kuiper and McShay did not even have this guy in the first round, and I hit it right on the button. Number seven, Gregory Rousseau to Buffalo, Zagacto.
3: How about that? That was a good Zagato. Yeah, I have to admit, man, that little bit you just did was good because you punctuated each one with Zagacto.
2: Okay. I mean, you know, you heard me a little bit last week. I'm gonna be honest.
3: But uh, I'm glad that you have this outlet when you need to be honest sometimes and you just have to let something off your chest. Thank you. By the That's way, good. um
2: it's uh it's the Greg Cody show, and I'm accompanied as always by uh producers extraordinaire Chris Cody and Yeti blanc Thank you all for joining me.
3: Wait a Glad to be here, like, Greg. Just bring the, the the show to a st- <laughs> screeching halt and like not do anything seamless.
1: That's all we've got, folks. Have a good <laughs> night. Yeah, good night, everybody. Drive oh, hey. safely. <laughs> the audience knows I'm
2: here for for you all. Uh, I I really appreciate you all. You know that. Uh, i and I'm talking about my, uh, Miami Herald faithful, my Levitard show audience, and uh, and, and newcomers. Uh, those of you who, uh, aren't Herald readers and aren't necessarily Levitard show fans, but have happened upon this podcast and and followed us faithfully appreciate you all as well and we have a uh, special guest izzy gutierrez the espn stars on our podcast today and uh i wanted to talk nba oddly enough because he's an expert and uh, we t- we did we talked a lot of nba but we veered off wildly into several other uh fun conversations about sneakers and dinner dates and and all that so um let's uh, let's enjoy that shall we I want to ask you about your background right now, because I'm so used to seeing on Zoom and on uh, new shows and everything else. I'm used to seeing the classic, uh, impressive looking bookcase in the background. I'm not used to seeing a Spartan background.
0: So I started off and that's in the, uh, the studio that's in the bedroom. Um, so there's double magic happening over there now. <laughs> Um, it it was, uh, it started off as I think, um, I think it might've been a gym the first time. And I think it was like a snow town, (laughs) like a ski town. And then there was, um. A golf course one time, and then I just told our producer to just find I I, I think I told him like a, a college campus, and instead he just found some like stuffy library uh mm. and then just decided to throw that in the background. We should change it a little bit more. I don't know why I don't have more
3: fun with that thing, but I want like a sad bookcase. Mm. Like I want like something like 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 with like like just like just like a crumbled up piece of paper, maybe like a McDonald's cup.
0: That's a good idea, actually. To just have <laughs> them the most <laughs> pathetic background from segment <laughs> to right. segment shade. I think
3: we might take that. <laughs> Do the woody paper thing but instead of a phrase sadness
0: <laughs> the problem is is i don't think we can create like our own uh, backdrop i think you just have to google stuff
3: yeah that's actually it's a good business opportunity right there well actually what we had one time
0: was this i think the telluride ski resort and a couple of people like started He's sending emails like, "Hey, I've been there. I didn't know you were there. Where are you?" I was like, "No, you got to change this. This is creating way <laughs> too much interaction between me and fans because I left my email address on my Instagram, and now there's nothing I can do about that." Did you really? Yeah, <laughs> it's in my bio on my uh, on my Instagram, and so I'll randomly get people emailing me like. Sometimes it's like sob stories. Sometimes it's um, just at pieces of advice for their nine-year-old son who seems like they have a, a future in journalism. Which I don't know how you can tell at nine years old, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah. So then I realize that it's just people who see my Instagram and say, "Hey, I wonder if this is his re- his real email." <laughs> and I probably shouldn't say this here because you have so many followers and listeners. But oh, so many. I just pretend like you know it's one of those email addresses that people just put on there. And you know don't actually answer. So if I don't actually answer, then they don't know that I saw it and ignored it. (laughs) And do the same thing. (laughs) Damn it!
2: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking with Israel Gutierrez. whose voice you know well from ESPN and uh, and from ABC sidelines or, or is it sidelines or court sides? Uh, <laughs> well, you know
0: what? It hasn't been sidelined for over a year now. We're basically in the stands. So I, they should just call it
3: in the arena reporting. <laughs> right, that's true. Doesn't sound as cool, though. That's true.
2: And is and, it you're all over what? Uh, highly questionable and around the horn are like the two main gigs, right? Yeah, pretty much. And then a little bit of outside the lines every once in a while. Well, little OTL. Yeah,
0: OTL action, which is funny because I do parting shots for them. And then, you know, they'll send you an email and say, hey, you should post this on Twitter. And I'm, like, eh, I'm not on Twitter anymore. So I'm pretty sure Ooh. this is going nowhere. Nobody's really seeing this.
2: <laughs> Did you hear what Jimmy Butler said? He had an exchange after a game a couple of days ago with um, Ira Winderman of the South Florida Sun Sentinel. And um Jimmy says, uh, Ira asked him about the closing schedule, which is sort of tough. I, hey, are you concerned that the closing schedule is tough? And Jimmy says, um, maybe if your sorry ass was on our team, it'd be tough. We'll be <laughs> fine. And, you know, Jimmy Butler has this sunshine personality. He's got a great smile. He's the kind of guy who, no matter what he says, everybody wants to sort of chuckle, and everybody did chuckle. But I'm wondering if... Did
3: Ira chuckle? What's that? Did Ira chuckle?
2: I wasn't there to see him, but it did not become a controversy, is my point. And if somebody who's not media-friendly, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, if somebody like that says that exact same thing to a reporter, I wonder if it becomes almost a a, a national controversy for a day. I wonder if it's maybe the reporter
0: that that he said it about that everybody's okay with. Because look, I can't confirm that I was a sorry-ass basketball player, but (laughs) the one time that we did play, oh man, this is a great little three-on-three action we had. It was me, Ira Winderman, Eric Reed, (laughs) Joe, Joe Rose, Goldie Goldstein. And man, I forget who the sixth person was. And these are a lot of
3: names you're dropping, right?
0: (laughs) Pick them up. And, uh, (laughs) and so we started playing, but I think it was Eric Reed who just uh, hustled a little bit too hard and dove into a bench like on the side of the basketball court which is absolutely useless a bench a metal bench in between two basketball courts like and and so Ira had to go take him to I guess uh, urgent care or the hospital or something so he could take care of his arm his shoulder so then it was just me man I'm missing somebody whoever it is is probably going to get mad at me but it's me whoever this person is Goldstein and Joe Rose and Joe has a nickname for me calls me fade away and it's just from this one day where me 510 Gutierrez was posting up whatever he is 6'4 Joe Rose and my fadeaways were so like deep and angled that he couldn't get a block up on it couldn't block him. And I was just basically, you know, having a day. And I don't think that Ira Winderman's presence would have made any difference. So <laughs> in that respect, I believe that Jimmy Butler is just speaking facts, and enough people know that that's the case. So I don't think it's- it was offensive. I don't think it was a big deal because Ira Winderman probably is a sorry ass at basketball.
3: And I don't think he would argue with that. It's the third time I've heard my shoulder. The second time <laughs> in the last two years. <laughs> That's not bad. Is that what's
0: happening now? You've got to pick up the impressions because your dad can't hit the notes anymore?
2: That's <laughs> absolutely true. That is really true. Kaboom! And and by the way, uh, for those who don't know, Joe Rose is a former Miami Dolphins tight end, and yes, he's a big fella. Um,
3: Bella. That's right.
2: Izzy, I want to ask you, uh, the Hall of Fame vote is coming up um, late this week, the 16th, I think. Uh, Chris Bosch is a, is a first-time Hall of Famer. Is, is he automatic? Say no. Make
0: news. Well, and so here's, I'm going to make a little bit of news by saying I don't really know the percentage that's required for him to get in. Like, I don't actually know the number, but I think there's enough momentum where it just seems like if you look at the numbers, you look at championships, you look at sort of how people view title teams that have like long runs in retrospect, they just sort of give them a little bit more respect. And like I said, I don't know why I'm sticking on this, but like I was looking back at some old Dennis Rodman's dad. And like Dennis Rodman made an all his first all-star game and he was averaging like eight points and nine rebounds. And that was before they'd won a championship. And so there was like this respect on what that, um, that guy did for that team and that level of, of team, that championship level team. And I think with Chris, not only because he had that basically seven year platform where he was like, "All right, look what I can do by myself," but it was made very clear by everybody here. Chris is, and Spolster would say this all the time: the most important piece that we have because he balances you out. He gives you everything that you don't always see on the on the stat sheet. And then if you just look at the way analytics are, are and basketball statistics are looked at now, I. Think I think that also bodes well for Chris. So I think it's, you know, given even despite the fact I don't think people are cutting him slack for his career being cut short because you can't do that. Right. Like Brandon Roy would probably be a ho- automatic Hall of Famer if you just say, hey, if his knee was good, he'd be in the hall. So you can't cut him slack for that. But I think even without that, he had a long enough career. He had the championships. He had some international, uh, the redeem team. Uh, performance or, yeah, so I think I think it's pretty automatic at this point.
3: Do you regularly just peruse the internet looking at random player stats? Like, do you, like later on today, you might just start looking at Marcus It Kirby happens stats. sometimes because you're
0: doing some research and stuff. Like I was looking, I think it was Click Capella. It was for some reason I was looking at his numbers. And I was like, man, this guy's stealing. He's leaving the league in rebounds. And I'm like, comparably speaking, if you throw this guy in the 80s or 90s, he'd be not like a, an all, he'd be a superstar. Like he'd be a guy that they would build a franchise around out. So I started just looking at like old school comparable big men, and it sort of took me down this little rabbit hole, and
3: then I got yeah. to, to Dennis Robin. I've worked with yeah. Stugats too long. People actually do prep out there, and people actually like study stuff. That's interesting.
0: But some yeah, but sometimes like you just kind of go by the rabbit hole to find something interesting, and then drop that nugget on TV. But love a good rabbit hole. Love yeah. a good YouTube <laughs>
3: rabbit hole, stat rabbit hole.
0: The YouTube rabbit holes are a little bit much for me because they're longer. You get some ads sometimes. Because I mean, I don't know. Everybody has YouTube premium um, or red. Uh, what is it? Nah, get out of here. No, red tube, something totally different. Sorry. <laughs> hey, bad. um and, and so, yeah, I just I don't go into the YouTube. ones. And plus, I think those are the ones that can get a little dangerous. Like, I think the YouTube rabbit hole is the ones where, you know, got Kyrie Irving into being a flat earther. <laughs> what
2: What's the difference between a rabbit hole and a black hole? Because the expression used to be, man, I really fell through a black hole. I started looking up, uh, you know, top 10 hits of the 1980s. And, and the next thing you know, I'm doing it for an hour on the Internet is black hole the same thing as rabbit hole when it out? i've never heard black hole i didn't know when did
0: alice in wonderland come out because i guess that's the reference right the rabbit hole from alice in wonderland so maybe that's what it was and i don't know like right when it came out people were just using that phrase but i think it just popularized itself lately
2: help me figure out this year's heat because uh, you know they reached the finals last year and now, despite a couple of all-star caliber players there, they're struggling to avoid that play-in. They're struggling to finish in the top six. What's gone wrong? I know they've had injuries, but why is this year's Heat team less than last year's was? They can't shoot. I don't think it's just that they
0: can't shoot. I, first of all, I think there's just been like a lot of inconsistencies in the season and the personality. It's just, and I think the main, most important one being Jimmy not being like if he's not there from one game to the next and his absences outside of that extended COVID one have been kind of random you know an ankle turn he'll play through and then like a couple games after that we'll miss again and I I think you know but nobody's fault whatsoever but I think the idea of just being in and out when you when it's that guy particularly the sort of center of your offense and the guy the guy that sort of uh, calms everything down I think that's a factor um Tyler Hero being in and out Gordon Dragic being in and out you don't get that consistent And that's frankly what they did last year when they got to the ball. They started the season off really well. um, We're in a rhythm right off the bat and then ended the season really well with health and and in a, a proper rhythm. And I think they've never been in that place for an extended time here yet. And it's kind of like it's not really much different than a lot of these teams like outside of I'm trying to think of the teams that aren't saying to themselves we have to sort of turn it on in the playoffs because they've already seen what they can do philly is one you could probably say yeah they've shown us what they can do in the playoffs um milwaukee probably even though they had that one stretch without Giannis, but i'm just sticking to the east here um brooklyn you know you've got to see it in the playoffs you have no idea how good they're going to be i think miami on that place uh you go to the west uh western conference the lakers are certainly there i think denver's probably there too because they're you not know, just adjusting to without jamal murray phoenix i don't think anybody says, hey, we know what they can do in the playoffs. So I think for Miami, just like a lot of these other teams, they've got to be able to turn that gear in the playoffs. And I think if, now this is the, the measuring stick that I don't think anybody can figure out, obviously predict, but if they're healthy, then they can probably find a really good balance. Um, I think Dwayne Dedman's been a really good pickup, just giving him extra toughness and size. And then you just need that shooting from Duncan Robinson and and Tyler Hero and Goran Dragic in particular. Um, and I think with, with Dragic, as long as he's healthy on the floor, you can trust his shooting's going to be there. With Duncan, you just don't know this year necessarily, but you've got to let him you know, keep going. And with Tyler, he's that guy that you just got to bring off the bench and, and let him go. And there's going to be a game where he'll give you 25 and look great. and There's going to be a game where he'll give you seven on 10 shots and like four turnovers. And so you just got to make up for those. But I think if they can get to that point again, they can be a threat to a team like Milwaukee. They can be a threat to Brooklyn for sure. Um, I think Philly might have their number, but if they're healthy, I think you're probably going to see like the, the team that we're used to. But man, it also kind of feels like a disappointing year after that one year where they ended up, ended the season really strong. And the next year you think, all right, let's, let's continue that way. And they never got to that point. So it could be just one long tease of a season and maybe they're out in the first round.
3: Does Dwayne Deadman look more like my age or my dad's age? Oh man, <laughs> he looks he looks like Greg Odin's cousin.
0: Like he definitely looks like he has lived and a lot of that living has been like in a garage somewhere. Like he has just an unmechanics garage. He's just a tough mf -er. I remember thinking like they're going to have to calm this dude down. Like I remember saying this guy is going to have to, he can't overtake Jimmy Butler for the baddest mf -er in the room. So just, you know, slow it down a little. But, you know, I think they like it.
3: Do you have a most embarrassing moment on a sideline during a live broadcast? Um, I didn't know it was embarrassing at the time, but I'm no, no,
0: you know what? That wasn't a booger. That was a reflection. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I, it did. It was looking. It did look embarrassing when somebody sent a picture and said I had a bat in the cave. When really it was just the light was just shining off of my was flaring it though? Nose. Was it though? Mm-hmm. No, I swear, I I examined the. I mean, come on, I would acknowledge if it was a booger, but I sort of zoomed in and I was like, yeah, it was like a reflection of the light inside of my nose. Um, I'll tell you the worst. There was this one time it was early on, and in in my in my sideline reporting, I forget, I don't know what t- I, he was definitely a rocket. This is what it was. We were still doing halftime interviews, and I was. I think I was talking to James Harden at halftime, and Dwight Howard had like taken a three uh, from the corner and made it. And I forget how I asked it, but I definitely wasn't in, like, that personal space with James so that he would, like, get, like, my sense of humor or the question. But I think I asked something like, Dwight Howard hit a three in that half. Like, how did that make you feel? <laughs> kind of like you yeah. know, a little bit of a joke. And he I don't know if he took it very well, but I know the audience did it. And so I was just like, yeah, maybe I need to, like,
2: uh, settle in a little bit more. You must have... Um... Uh, been in front of popovich a couple of times right so yeah pop is pop is
0: definitely um the largest source of i guess bubbling acid in my stomach of anybody uh in, in the history of sports because oh, building up to be. that interview is god awful and it's even worse when you got the first quarter interview because what really happens in the first quarter where you can ask him you know two intelligent questions that he uh of such discerning right. taste of, of questions is going to actually answer. Um, the, fun part about pop is that like it just it didn't really develop like this on camera you know relationship or whatever but just we had this understanding and he was cool with me and i was cool with him and by the time like i think last year two years ago last game we did he'd just been super pleasant and very like um yeah, he's just compliment, very complimentary. And so and I, it actually really bummed me out that I haven't done a game of his in a while. But, um, you know, next time, hopefully we have a reunion and it won't be so scary.
3: In terms of, uh, you know, the bubbly acid, like the nervous feeling in your stomach, <laughs> um, is Greg Cody's show top five? Like, Ooh, you know, like we're uh, 10, mm, top 15? It's just yeah. off
0: the Mount Ismore. more. Top- <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Wow. Just on. I like it. But that's because you make me so comfortable that it doesn't really make Yeah, exactly. So top hundred, <laughs>
2: top hundred. Well, we appreciate that. And uh in in the spirit of total comfort, we're gonna veer from basketball. I I, I have to ask you, I just read that Tom Brady spent six million dollars on a yacht upgrade for all his Bahamian sojourns. Um now you're a maritimer, uh you're a boat owner. A boner. That's right. Um I asked Christopher last week, because you guys had gone out on a boat together. Um, and I asked him what size is his boat? That's a basic question. It is. Did he not know? He had no idea. He couldn't <laughs> even take a guess. So,
3: what size is your boat? That's something you ask a guy.
0: What? Well, Chris, what sort of, if you're like, what range, what would you, what sort of measurement would you think we're talking with the boat?
3: I would have said like, I would have said like, I would have said 20, 25 feet. Okay. It's in between 20 and 25 feet. Oh, look at me. It's a
0: 22 footer. And here's a little hint, a little clue. If you just read like some, like ours is on the name of the boat, it'll say like explore like two, two, zero or two, two, two. It's just the first two numbers. So any, any model brand, it's just like a 3,700, it's a 37-footer. So ours, I'll say it right there, So it's a little 22-foot riballo center
3: console. Look at you. <laughs> wow. Owner. One of my favorite things of being out on the boat with Izzy was watching him look at other boats. Oh, man. It was downright, it was, it was there was some, he was, there was groans made at times. like was drool coming up.
0: If you've ever seen, uh, Greg, and, and, you know, I'll take you out eventually,
3: but if you've ever seen
0: uh, the Scout boats, that brand of boat in particular oh my god like i would you know how mike ryan would make love to a mountain, mountain? i would stick a body part inside of a scout boat if it, if it meant producing another scout
3: boat for me uh, <laughs> i'm clipping that i am clipping that audio <laughs> Those things are so nice. Oh man! Wow! wow. What's what's so great about a scout boat? Like he was right though. Like it was one of those things where he he said he's like, you know what a scout is, and I'm like, of course I have no clue what it, I actually acted <laughs> like. I was like, yeah, of course a scout. But those things are slick. Those things look really cool. Yeah, there's
0: like it's it's the lines on it are sleek. There's the bow flare, the colors. It looks like an expensive rich man's boat. And then in the back, I don't know. There's this this particular boat that I love has on the back of it. It has um, sort of like a sink setup, a live well and then like a grill right on the back of the kit, ca- like just behind the captain's chair. And it's just, it's amazing. Like if I had that boat, I'm pretty sure like I could just die happy because I know like I'm, I'm good financially if I've got that boat. I think the one that I want is three quarters of a million dollars. And so <laughs> I know I would be able to die happy.
2: <laughs> three quarters of a million. So you're it's, it's a house. It's like you're driving a house on On the water. It's a really nice house. Yeah. And believe me, I'm nowhere near getting
0: that scout boat, just so everybody knows.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm, um, everybody knows I'm, I'm a salt life kind of guy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Everybody
0: Um, knows this, huh? Yeah. You just let your feet out, right? And just let everybody see them.
3: Dad, I would, I would love, I would love for you to be put in the driver's seat of a boat and like go ahead, dock the boat. Like what are you? Well, like-
0: actually, I would like to just have Greg on the boat because you know Chris it requires him to take off a
3: shoot. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if he wants those
0: claws, those talons out for everybody to see.
2: Oh, it's fine. Are you oh, kidding really? me? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna trim my talons for your for you though, because I don't wanna nick up your uh, the beautiful deck of your boat. <laughs> Speaking of shoes,
0: I saw and I don't know if there was anything on the radio on Levitar Show about this, but I saw on Instagram that you had some some fire, some red, uh, I think, were they Air Maxes? A little Greg Cody drip action? Dripping it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Air Max 97s. Juju Gotti bought them for me. Was oh a, yeah, now
0: you're saying, look it sounds like a pro. <laughs>
2: it was a surprise
0: gift. All right, so I honestly, your honest opinion, you put them on your feet and you happen to be wearing like a perfect shirt. It matched, you know, had the red in it as well. Like yeah. you can see yourself being a guy who likes shoes. Am I right? Like I, I used to be that person who would just say ignore the shoe game because really I just couldn't afford it on the Miami Herald uh, salary as a, as a kid, <laughs> and so I was like, no, ignore shoes, ignore shoes. The second I started to be able to afford them and just slip my feet in them, and it's like, wow, these look really nice. I, you lost me. I was shoe purchasing shoes after shoes after shoes, and so my closet classic full. shoey classic. Yeah. So tell me that you had that little feeling run through you that's like, man, I could definitely buy some more of these.
2: I have to admit, uh, they felt really good on my feet. Uh, I felt you know, an inch taller, quite frankly, because they, they're just, you know, they seem to elevate me. I don't know whether I was imagining that. And I did feel a little bit stylish, which I never feel stylish. And that was a, a different feeling. But my prevailing feeling was self-consciousness. Like I'm an old guy wearing shoes that should be worn by somebody who's a third of my age or a half of my age. And and so I, I always had the feeling that people were looking at me snickering. You know, they, I honestly had that feeling. Don Van Nada wears J's. Who? Don Van Nata. <laughs> oh, right, right. That's true. DVA. I was
0: told that. Um, there are some judgy people who will be looking at you and saying, what's that, dude? trying to be but that's because they don't know anything about shoes and mostly everybody will just look at your if you're wearing nice ones just look at your shoes and respect the fact that you're wearing dope shoes and not really judge the rest of the outfit and so you don't have to worry
2: about it you just have to own that's it that's true i i, I think i could get used to wearing them let's put it this way
3: but wait dad do you have any idea how much those shoes cost like because once he figures out that the numbers that these sho- like he's gonna get out of this game real quick
2: oh uh, yeah Right, no, I googled uh, Nike Air Max 97, and uh, I think the the retail—I don't know what Juju paid for them, but I think the retail's right around 170 or something. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that lunch that you bought Juju doesn't exactly uh, make up for the shoes, huh? <laughs>
2: well, it almost did. That's a hell of it. <laughs> Where'd you guys go? Naked taco. <laughs> we got our naked taco in South Beach. We each have two tacos, uh, an order of fries. None of us were drinking. We all had a diet coke and water and all that. And and it's like uh with tip, it's like hundred and thirty dollars. I mean it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, insane.
0: You I mean you probably
2: how many old shoes could you have bought for hundred and thirty bucks? <laughs> About hundred and thirty. <laughs> um No, it was uh, yeah, I still I still made out like a bandit. I still profited in uh I will be wearing those shoes. I'm really going to have to talk myself into because we're going out to dinner um, with another couple. Uh,
0: Please wear them. Well, this is the beauty of the shoe game, Greg. Is you can find some shoes that aren't like outlandish, right? But when people or people who know shoes see them, are like, "Wow, where'd you get those? How'd you get your hands on those?" And they won't look like you know flaming red nachos. Like they'll look, right? They'll look like maybe a white pair of tennis shoes, but there'll be a logo somewhere on there that is like special to that shoe, and they're just like, "Wow, that's really." So you won't look crazy. You'll just look like you have really good taste in shoes or a really good shoe plug.
2: I I have to say that, um, Red is a little bit showy for me, Agreed. and it's one of the reasons why I feel a little bit self-conscious wearing them. I honestly think if they were that same shoe in black, I would be much more likely to to wear them, you know, with with nice dress jeans and and a nice shirt out to dinner or something. I'm gonna I'm gonna really have to talk myself into wearing red shoes.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie, like it was a bit much for for your vibe but it was you know you go to that extreme and you just kind of get pulled back to the middle but I think Juju wore that same shoe in like reflective gold when we went to Las Rosas with, uh, with Mike and some of the metal art people. He was
3: wearing those at lunch Oh was he? Yeah he was wearing those at lunch those, those are sick. <laughs> like I have some gold shoes but they they don't look like those
0: and I'm pretty sure if you, if you want you can get the best of both worlds you probably get some clear sneakers made so they can see your feet and recognize that you've got some dope shoes on. Wow how about gold plated sneakers. Probably have to go to Dubai, but I think you can find them.
3: (laughs) Oh, I bet you could. Before we get you out of here, Izzy, um, last night, I, this is just, and I'm bringing this up just to show how cool I am that I get to hang out with Izzy Gutierrez. So we went to dinner recently, uh, the, you and Anthony, me and my wife, and it was so much fun. We had a great time, but I feel like we don't get to do that a ton. Obviously during COVID, no one has, but just in general. And I feel like you and Anthony are more of a social butterflies than my wife and I. So you probably have more experience in the game of like those kind of couples dinners. And I want you to assess me and Christy. How can we improve? How do we do? Like, be honest with me. Shoot me straight. It's it.
0: I'll be honest with you. Like, I tend to take notes about these things. Not like you know Adam Lefko notes, but I take notes. You know, and so <laughs> now I'm nervous. No, that's fine. <laughs> so when we got here, and like, so Greg, and just so you know, I I, I like entertaining. Just you know, I want people to experience it the way you probably should. And so, yeah. you know, I had some espresso martinis ready, uh, you know, already ready for them when they got here. And they arrived separately because Christy was coming from work and uh, Chris was coming from home. And so- is that, is that faux pas? Is that a faux pas, by the way? No, it's very, like, it is very respectful that you would split up just to make the right time rather than, you know, call in late or like, I think that's, that's totally great. And the plan was to, you know, get on the boat and float up to a restaurant because Chris had never done that and wanted to be a bit of a badass. But <laughs> the, the weather really wasn't cooperating. So we just kind of sat here and like, so sat here and and drank and talked. And so my one concern initially was going to be, well, is there going to be enough immediate conversation for the four of us? Because we're talking, uh, what does Christy do again?
3: She works at a shoe company. She's like, yeah. Okay.
0: So we're talking uh, Christy's shoe company, AJ or Anthony, uh, real estate, Chris, You know, obviously Levitar, me at ESPN. And so I knew there's things that Chris and I want to talk about that maybe they wanted no part of and vice versa. And so it actually worked out perfectly in that we were far enough spaces where we can have separate conversations and not overlap and i don't really know what they're talking about and they didn't know what we were talking about and then as we're sort of wrapping up in those we sort of got back together as a as a four group conversation to assess the weather and decided hey we're gonna drive that part it was very adult like it was very pleasant in our own home you know look at us like the full grown-ups and then at the restaurant i was actually a little nervous about this because anthony went a little bit long talking about work stuff and you know it's like real estate stuff but there was the hook because it's real estate stuff and like you know Chris and Christy had bought a place, uh, I don't know how long ago, but it hadn't been that long ago, and so there was like, you know, relatable conversation there, so that was good. Sure. I was also nervous because I picked the picked the place and I knew there was a couple of things
3: that they could definitely like uh, on the menu. And still thinking about that thing I ate, still thinking about that dish. Good god, man.
0: And um and just a little little uh nugget that I thought was helpful is I never want to be the guy who requests the second bottle of wine. And so so, Christy. Rest- My wife handled that for you. <laughs> yes, perfectly. <laughs> She probably noticed that I'd had a little bit more than everybody else. And it's like, do we want another one? I was like, yeah, of course. And so uh, I honestly thought from beginning to end was like classic dinner, uh, double date
3: situation and knocked it out of the park. It was, it was, it was our first one though. It was our first one. So we had, we, we had to hit out like how we like met each other. We had to like hit the basics, the, the notes of a first hangout. Yeah.
0: And the follow up had a great time text. That that's perfect. Great. It was. With I'm us. a big wow. a ten out of ten for, for them. Yeah. So there's really not much. Um, I would say maybe nine point eight out of ten because there was a bit of a nerves coming uh, emanating from Chris a little bit. I would say, but once those nerves got <laughs> died down, it was all all in the
3: clear. I needed that. Thank you. Thank you. Really. I got a question for you though. What? Where do you
0: decide to wear a hat, and when do you decide not to? Is it like a recognized thing? Do you recognize
3: more with the hat than without? Like, how does that work? Well, just like a restaurant, like, you know, like, like I figure we're going to like a semi nice place. Like if it's a sports bar, a hat can work, but like a restaurant, like at a dinner a restaurant and dinner, I tend to lean away from the hat. And that yeah. like, that requires effort. Like
0: you got to do your hair, right?
3: That's really I feel like this is all just, this is really just Izzy commenting on my hairline. Like that's, where, that's <laughs> no, really no. what this is all about. Was, that's what guess, this is like. I
0: was imp- like, I didn't realize, I don't think I've hung out with you where you didn't have a hat on maybe at one of the mosses but it was dark and I couldn't really tell. Yeah. And I was like, without like staring at your head, I I was just like, well, you put some effort into your hair. And like, I used to hate doing that. That's why I cut my hair short again. And so I was just—I would go with a hat everywhere if I were you. No, I
3: hate doing that. Yeah, yeah, I hate doing that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, next time you don't have to. It doesn't matter what restaurant.
3: No, I had nothing to. I I do. It's more my wife. Honestly, she'll like be like, "Really? Like, can you put jeans on and like do like? Can you like put a little effort? Like, like that's basically like the vibe I get from her when I don't do stuff like that.
0: I'll tag one more note for you. Yeah, knowing just when and at what volume to talk over somebody when you have something to say, Mm. because good God, Mm. have I been at a lot of annoying dinners where. It's either one or two people that just decide whenever they have something to say, they're not stopping. And so you guys had that perfect amount of volume and interjection.
3: Yeah. I felt like the pie chart of words spoken where it was nice. It was a good mix. I don't feel like there was anybody really sitting there quiet. I was a little nervous at
0: first. I thought Anthony would dominate the conversation because he had been a little worked up because he had just got basically home from work as well. So no, it worked out great.
3: The funny thing is, this is me and Christy. We did have like a little pregame meeting about like, let's let's game plan here. <laughs> and the game plan was don't. Talk about your kid, the whole, like, like we were like, we don't want to be the people that are just talking about our kids. And Christy was like, let's try to not talk about work, only work. And I think that was her kind of at me and you kind of like, can we just not make this like an ESPN, like sports conversation the entire time?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I had gone to to the bar with, with Mike and some other uh Meadowlark folks down in Miami and immediately like Anthony was not involved in any of this, those conversations. So it's just like ended up uh, in a different sort of section of the of the group talking. So I knew we couldn't couldn't make that happen again. I got a work question for you though, Greg. Segway. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the the Floyd and Logan Paul fight yeah in it's in your backyard is that something you're interested in is that something you're gonna be at are you like are you avoiding it like the plague because it's just too youthful what's going on
3: can i jump in first and say that i've already applied for a credential for that uh, well of course yeah of course you have
0: let me jump in and say that chris has also
3: already asked me if i had a connection for free tickets which i do not but <laughs> and then once you didn't that that's when i asked my dad once he didn't then i'm like you know what i'm just gonna go as a credentialed member
2: <laughs> right i i too have been asked um uh, uh, I am interested in it as as a spectacle, as a farce, uh, certainly not as a fight. Um, I mean, Logan Paul isn't even the best fighter in his own family. And what is Floyd? Now, I know this is not an official fight. So even if Floyd Mayweather loses, he's still retired at 50-0. Mm-hmm. But why on earth is Floyd Mayweather lowering himself to fight a guy who has one career fight and is an internet creation? Cha-ching,
0: cha-ching, cha-ching people are going to watch and it's not even like it it's not even Floyd that people want to watch it's Logan and so he is just coming in as a secondary the, basically the the money like he's what creates the money right and just collects and goes like it was embarrassing how phony his uh his little thing with what was he face- saying was, it was jake he faced
3: off
2: with right not logan yeah jake knocked off his hat
3: no they well no they did they did their press conference with logan and then afterwards in the media scrum jake of course had to make it all about him and like walked up to yeah F- and that's where that it was. all
0: seems stupid con- it all seemed crazy contrived and it was just like embarrassing for floyd but I would do oh, that for eight figures. I mean, I'd do that for six, probably, but I would definitely do that for eight figures. And... I would do
3: it for like eight hundred
0: bucks. Yeah, and the thing is, like, he still has to get in there and perform. Like, he just he can't, you know, get off the lazy boy and all of a sudden be like, "Let me collect these eight figures." Like, these guys want to beat his ass, and he's actually still got to be pretty decent. Like, not you know a nine out of ten decent for his, but like a five out of ten for his standard. I mean, Logan Paul
3: is a a lot bigger than him. I'm I'm not making. I'm I'm. He's gonna lose. He's gonna like. Floyd's going to win. I'm not saying that, but the size difference does make it at least like, I mean, I guess if he catches them, maybe
0: I tell you the other thing that I think people are looking for is to to actually see Floyd knock somebody out, even if at this level, you know, at this point of his career, like you never really saw that. And so if he gets to knock somebody out and it's a YouTube star that, you know, half the people love, half the people hate, then I think that's enough to get people to buy it. But I want to I want to put you in that setting, though, like I want like you in between the fights, like there's these concerts and all this craziness going on. Like I don't I'm trying to figure out where you would like go and and how you would
2: cover this wearing your red shoes. shoes. <laughs> I would I might wear my red shoes to that uh, to that fight as a matter of fact. Um, but let me ask you this because I hate everything about the idea of uh, the Pauls and and them riding the internet to- and
3: grow and bringing attention to the sport and like getting a younger audience that doesn't care what a bunch of jerks they are but is it good attention why is it a good attention is any I mean it's a spectacle
2: right
0: so I think it's a different audience Greg like I don't think and I know it is right, but I don't think you've got I do think you've got like boxing purists who will just not enjoy it and think that it's harming the sport but if you have you know if you put together two elite fighters right now actual boxers and drum it up and make it a big you know pay-per-view event you're still going to get tons of viewers it's not going to be the spectacle right you're still going to get tons of viewers the ones that are probably um right now complaining about this other stuff but they'll still create a box office for that um i I, so you know you'll have one complaining about the other saying it's boring and you'll have the other one saying hey they're not real fighters it's a spectacle it doesn't matter there's enough people that can watch both so I don't I don't think it harms it. Um, I think it definitely helps the Paul's like it's brought. I had no idea who the hell they were. Uh, and it's definitely brought them a greater audience and more people just understanding the idea that you can make money off of fame and, you know, the Internet and everything else. And so I, I don't think it's bad, necessarily. I don't think there's anything that's been happening on there where you're just like, this is shameful. You probably don't want your kids on there explaining, you know, hey, why? What are they smoking? What's going on over there? Uh, but that's why it's a late night pay-per-view event. And, you know, so I don't think it's harmful for the sport.
2: When I imagine that the vast majority of the country is looking for Floyd Mayweather
3: to absolutely kick the shit out of Logan Paul, Do you think I'm wrong? That is the the story here. If I would have said to you a year ago, who can we put against Floyd Mayweather where he will seem likable and you will be just avidly rooting for him? The Pauls have done it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that is the appeal. I think it is. Um, You know, there's the crazy appeal that what if he actually gives Floyd Mayweather a fight or beats him? not going to happen, Um, you know, unless Floyd is on something. But uh I think the other side of that is just as appealing. It's like, all right, if I don't get the crazy outcome, at least I'll get the satisfying outcome and get to, you know, see dude uh, knocked out or just actually see what it looks like for Floyd to knock
2: somebody out. Yeah. Wow. That's going to be weird. I think I, I am going to try to go to that now that you mentioned it. When is it?
3: June 6th, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. Chris, I think you should just go follow your dad with a camera the entire time. Just a
3: couple of Cody's, just a couple (laughs) of Cody's covering a boxing match. Will that be emotional for you, dad? Me and you covering something together? It will. We've never covered an event together, have we? No, we did. We like wasn't when we had something uh, all star game related together, like like.
2: Oh, we were. You're right. Yeah, yeah. When when the Marlins hosted the all star game a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. When can we get a golf foursome? Oh, I would love that. You know, Stu Gatz was talking about that um, the other day as well.
0: Notice I said four. I didn't say six like last time. I don't trust Stu Gatz in the planning. So I know, and I hate sixums, to be honest. If we could get a foursome, <laughs> then we, we'll maybe see if Stu Gatz yeah. could hook it up at his place. But we got to get the. the The people in the date together. No, no, let's play. We'll have to like cross teams. Like, I'll have to play with Chris and you play with Anthony, Greg. So that gives us, it gives me a chance to do
2: something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like uh, you or Anthony are better. I can't remember. Anthony's
3: way better than me.
0: I'm a little better than I was when we played because when, but it's when we played, I maybe played like three times or whatever.
3: So I, 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 you can, you know. Dad, that's why he put himself with me. I mean, (laughs) do the math.
0: (laughs) Well, and I also, I think Anthony's pretty good, but uh, very good, but he's like, doesn't play regularly. So he can be a little streaky. So I hear Chris probably plays a little more.
2: Oh, wow. right. And you gotta be better than me, right?
3: No. No. I mean, I've probably been golfing like fifteen times in my life, maybe. Izzy, don't be offended by the fact that my dad played around with you and has like no recollection of your game at all. I
2: do, but I don't know whether I saw him at his best, whether he was nervous. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of golfers
3: out there. <laughs> <laughs> you have no clue. I, I think you would believe right now if we were like, Izzy was like the second best guy out the best out there after me. You'd be like, yeah, I remember that. I don't, re- I don't remember
2: how I played that day.
3: Do you? <laughs> I remember I remember you not doing anything memorable
0: one way or the other. I remember Chris, you know, bombing drives. I remember Anthony being pretty good. I remember Mike with the greatest shot of all time. And then Stugass right. <laughs> looking like he was in severe pain every step that he took. Those are the things I remember.
2: Right. By the way, uh, that that's the story of my life. Is he not doing anything memorable either way? <laughs> does, <laughs> does Cody
0: still work here?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That'll wrap it. We'll put a bow on it. Thanks as always is. All right. Hey, shoot the text. Let me know when you guys want to play. Easy, that was fun as always. Friend, thank you for joining the podcast and now, boy, this is this is big because, you know, the Mount Gregmore franchise is my own. And in the in the long history of this podcast, I've done it every time except one. Christopher did Mount Gregmore once spectacular damn good,
3: failure damn good mount gregmore if i can it imagine. was a
2: spectacular failure and i took it back and now yeti blanc is doing it and i have to say the the pressure in this zoom is palpable you can almost cut it with a knife
3: do you think he put more work into it than i did the one that I was oh no doubt about? if he
2: put 10 <laughs> seconds work into it he outworked you
1: but uh at any rate hey do great yeti go I do have to say that um, uh, I do feel the pressure because I've got a feeling that if I do well enough on, on this Mount Gregmore, that I might get a shot at getting written into the will and maybe get you know take a stab at the Mrs. Pac-Man machine. Back off, machine, Yeti. You know. Back off. <laughs> All right. Yes, gentlemen, it is my turn to step onto the stage with my first ever installment of the infamous Mount Gregmore. And to celebrate, this week's Mount Gregmore will be about some of this Greg's favorite firsts. So let's start in classic Mount Cragmore fashion with honorable mention. My first college football game, 1996, number two Florida State takes out number one Florida, 24 to 21. The crowd went wild, including my late father, who was, at my estimate, six feet tall, 450 pounds, whom we found running off the field with a two foot chunk of sod in his arms, yelling for us to get a bag. Where was this game? Doak Campbell Stadium, Chris. It was Warwick Dunn senior night, and it was incredible. Number five, to set the stage, it was 1993, UNC defeating Michigan in the NCAA Men's Basketball National Championship game, with the help of an errant timeout call by Chris Weber. This would be the first UNC championship that I was able to witness, and it secured my love for Tar Heel basketball for eternity.
3: Very, this is very on brand
1: for Mount Gregsmore, just a very <laughs>
3: self-involved segment.
1: <laughs> Number four. My first kiss. It was April 1994, and a (laughs) 13-year-old, and a 13-year-old Nettie, uh, and a 13-year-old Yeti knew he was about to try and smooch his first girlfriend for the first time. Nervous about his breath, but lacking any gum, he grabbed an entire jumbo bag of Family Dollar brand mentholiptus flavored cough drops and proceeded to make himself sick after eating no less than 50. Undeterred (laughs) by his idiocy, both Yeti and his girlfriend shared their first kiss that afternoon in the annex hallway of Mount Airy Junior High. It was awkward, but nice. But also not nice enough to keep her from dumping him for Jeff Sloak a month later. But that's a story for another day. Are we
3: talking in the third person now? We
1: were for that one.
3: (laughs) There's no shot, Dad, that you remember your first kiss.
1: Do you, Greg? Actually, I do. Tell us. I do.
3: (laughs) Payback.
2: I was of a similar age. Uh, We were at like a middle, I think back then it was called junior high school. We were in a middle school junior high school pool party at, at a friend's house mm. and you started playing
3: uh, stratomatic baseball <laughs> she was so moved that she just uh,
2: like, I'm, I'm not going to give the girl's name in case she's listening all my ex-girlfriends listen to the podcast but um i can tell you that i remember the song playing when i had that kiss it was, really? it was doris yeah, day was, I, and, and <laughs> I, on my life i swear it was a song called red rubber ball by a group called the Circle, spelled C Y R K L E.
1: My it. red rubber ball. Sorry, I just stepped all over you, Greg. I'm so no, sorry. You sort of, that's, <laughs> that, that's sort of it. You know the song yet? It's... I know the song.
2: Yeah, I'm an old soul. There you man. go. Let's, are we
3: allowed to play a snip of it without getting sued? You know, it would have been better if you didn't just ask about getting sued, and we just kind of <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> take
2: take out me asking that, and just slip in a, ten seconds of, of it, and then back to back to my Greg I'd rather hear you
3: sing a little bit
1: of it. Go for it, Greg.
2: I never, I, I'm trying to think of the word now da, 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 I bid you farewell
1: I loved not to be learned from this And I learned it very well <laughs> Red rubber ball Alright, number three The first time I held each of my children, nary a thing rivals the feeling of perfection when holding your child for the first time. A feeling that's quickly replaced by the fear of good hell, what have I done? You mean I'm being trusted with another human life? Followed by a life of stress and paranoia while trying to keep these beautiful little suicide machines alive and raising them to be, at minimum, functional human beings.
3: I don't believe you. I think you enjoyed holding your first child the best.
1: (laughs) Uh, No comment. Um, (laughs) Number two... I'll spare the audience the details and summarize this one with a baby. That's number yeah. two. That's number two. And number one, <laughs> to end my first ever Mount Gregmore, my number one favorite thing would be the first time I appeared on the Greg Cody show with Greg Cody. Oh, nice.
0: Wow. <laughs> Pandering it. I'm
3: there like, we go. That's I'm my a, first I'm Mount a, Gregmore, over.
0: folks. Yes. That's Good beautiful. job,
3: Yeti. Good job. Good job. It's a beautiful thing. What's it like, Dad, <laughs> being on the other end of a Mount Gregmore where someone actually puts effort into it?
2: You know, it's it's a little bit nerve wracking. It it sort of reminds me of uh, I'm a bad uh, guy in a car when I'm not driving. You know, when I'm in the passenger seat, I tend to be a backseat driver. Are I'm are you like, back?
3: Are you backseat Mount Gregmoreing this segment? Like, what's happening? Right you now? producing me, Greg? No, I'm I'm
2: just saying it's nervous because that's my baby. That's my infant who I'm hugging. It's like and, Yeti. Uh, it's
3: like Yeti just bed with your with your wife. Whoa. Well, whoa! <laughs> Did I make this weird? Yeah, let's not quite make that leap. But, I mean, speaking, it was already made weird earlier this week when, in a group text with the three of us, Yeti sent a picture of his wife that happens to look just like my mom, basically saying, "Chris, am I your father?" <laughs> yeah, that's true. It could be. Maybe it could these be, like although, you, I think uh, Yeti you, would have
2: had you when he was about six. I and a think half. when you two, ha- <laughs> I, th-
3: I think when you two have these moments, maybe you guys should get on your own text string and leave me out of it. I don't need this like <laughs> this like awkward game of like, oh, is that my mom? Who's my mom? Who's my dad? Where were Who's I? Where daddy? was I in
1: the summer of nineteen eighty-five?
2: <laughs> well, anyway, let's dismount now by saying, um, well, it's not award-winning yet. Let's see how the uh, judges rule, but. It could be an award-winning uh, Mount Craigmore. From Wait, Yeti but
3: you're Mont. you're always so sure that it's award-winning right after you do it. Why is this one not? Why are you not sure about this one? Well, the votes love, come Greg. in
2: instantly when I do it for some reason. You know, it's like in in Olympic gymnastics when the judges all all raise their cards ten nine point five. The, the votes haven't come in yet, but I say this pot this Craigmore uh, has a chance to be award-winning. So thank you, Yeti. And uh, thank Dad, you, podcast Dad, family. I, I, oh. wanna
3: let, I just want to jump in and let you know that the Olympic uh, judges of, of the gymnastics have not lifted cards with their scores on it since about 1982.
1: They're also <laughs> just called judges, Chris.
3: <laughs> <Yeah. Damn it. laughs>
2: That's a fair point. You're right. It's all electronic now. Bring back the cards. Hey, people, listen, rate, review, follow, and follow. Don't subscribe. Right. Follow. Then unfollow, follow again. Do that 40 or 50 times. It's fun. God, it's fun. Anyway, thanks, everybody. We'll see you again next week.
1: I can't believe I said, what did I call them? Judgers of gymnastics. Oh, my God. Otherwise known as gymnastics judges. (laughs) There's
3: nothing worse than trying to make someone look dumb and then sounding dumb (laughs) in that process.